Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it, you've got! Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? What would you give to live forever? For Melissa, it started here. What is it, child? They're coming for me. Burn the witch! Burn the witch! Then because of the touch of Satan, it started again <laughs> here. It could have been a love story, but the touch of Satan turned it into a nightmare. There'll be no talk. We'll have the witch. Over my dead body. So be it. Just what kind of witchcraft do you do, huh? <laughs> oh, I bewitch the birds into singing and the sun into coming out. A story of exorcism that could happen to your next-door neighbor. Or maybe you yourself have felt the touch of Satan. Unit one or unit three, do you read? Melissa, if all this were true, that would make you 127 years old. There is no escape from the touch of Satan. Ask yourself. What would you give to live forever? But first, share the experience of the touch of Satan. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, it's brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And it's time to do another MST3K movie. And, uh, you know, it's only fair because two weeks ago when we did Baby mm-hmm. Geniuses, we talked about a movie with way too much in its plot, and now we have a movie with basically one thing in its plot, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> so we watched the movie The Touch of Satan. That's mm-hmm. one of its many titles. That's one of the titles. Yeah. It's not the title that was on the copy right, I watched. Right. Yeah, what was it again? It was like... Night of the Demon. Night, Night of the, the Demon. Demon. That's it. There's a movie that came later with that name that's far better than this one. I would certainly hope so. It's a badass title. This movie not sucked. fitting for this one. So, that said, before we go ahead and jump right into it, Zip, do you have the IMDb description for this movie? Uh, a very succinct description, actually. Fire. You ready? Mm-hmm. A young man meets a farm girl who is actually a witch. That's the entire plot. <laughs> That's the movie. That is right. Yeah. That is correct. Had either of you seen this movie before? No. I had, uh, about five minutes in, I realized I have seen the MST3K version of this one. Yeah. But. Was it good? But um, it was it was one that I think I just sort of put on in the background while I was doing other things. Sure. As I like to do with MST3K episodes. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. I just realized 
I think what it gave it away was her um, shirt that she was wearing, her blue and white striped shirt. I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, but I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. So, so we have a cold open in the dark. I guess because you can see so little in this movie. Oh my god! Holy shit! Yeah. I think this yeah. Is- the the print that we saw is has not been cleaned up or restored at all. Not it was bad. very grainy. Lots of scratches. Yes. And in this darkness, you see maybe a cow. I think. I, yes, I think it was humans a cow. in there. It was yeah. a cow. And it's this old man who's killed by something with this squeaky doll and, and again a pitchfork. Yeah, yeah, with a pitchfork. Yep. And then we get awkward freezes as he's dying. Yes. And this never happens and, again in the other movie. Yeah, late 60s, early 70s convention. That sure. was so weird. Uh, yeah, because it's the only time they use it in the entire movie. This was yeah. in 71, so I guess. But yeah, it, yeah. it never comes up again. Uh, and then from that point, we cut to this dinner. These three uh, people, um, what we assume to be a mother and a father and their daughter, right. are around the table. And all of a sudden, this uh, old brown woman just named Lucinda... Stumbles in, covered in blood. The young woman. Oh, she doesn't just stumble in. She, like, breaks through the screen door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're very nonchalant about it. They're like, what is going on? Yep. Oh, Lucinda, what are you doing? Did you kill somebody again? Right. Well, they don't say that, but that's ba- the implication. Yeah. Uh, the young woman, whose name is Melissa, says there is a way to stop this. Because they're concerned. Because I, I guess we can assume this has happened a couple times before. Right. And then that's when we get our opening. Night of the Demon. <laughs> and this weird, like, kind of upbeat opening music set to the, this this jackass driving along this road. Uh, yeah. And it feels totally 70s. Like, it is totally oh, of its time. Oh, it's totally 70s. Yeah. 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 And, th- and this is... Oddly enough, a common theme, especially in movies that were on MST3K, of these, the opening credits while someone is driving a car across country. Yeah. Uh, It it was Bat People Mm -hmm. was the same thing. Yeah. Weird music and everything. Yep. Music. (laughs) I think The Shining Um, is the only example I can think of where that actually worked. Where it works. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, but, uh, this dual. one, Bat People, Manos, which is the most legendary of all the MST3 guys, this because they keep making reference to it. Any any minute now, <laughs> the movie will start. It's, <laughs> no, no, they're just a family driving in a car for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> so we meet our driver, and who turns out to be our main character. His name is Jody, and he's just doing this Jack Kerouac bullshit, I guess, and just driving across the country to find himself. Yeah, as we find out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he stops for gas, and he hears, "Go for it." And this, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he he stops to get gas, and it's uh, where they they fill your car up for you. There's not a lot of full service stations around anymore, but this was where I I got pissed off. Not at the movie, but because he fills up his entire car for six dollars. Yeah, dollars. <laughs> but the gas station attendant. But the gas station attendant is amazing. Um, so so Jody says, "Hey, this looks like a nice town." Yeah, and the gas station attendant's like. Well, not really. <laughs> not really. Well, it would be if it weren't for all the murders. So <laughs> it's like what? Oh my god! Really? This is how you're leading off the conversation right, about your small that, hometown? You're just, just going to offer up murder? 
Yeah. There you go. So then I have to. This is this is my favorite line, and I'm just saying it because I. This is this whole scene made me so happy. Oh, it's a great scene. I loved it. So, oh my god. So they're talking about this murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the so the gas station attendant says, "See, the way I got it figured, this job was done by one of them fromicidal maniacs, and we ain't got." None of them around here. And then he asks Jody, stamps? Yeah, he pulls them <laughs> out of the, his shirt pocket. It was like, stamps? But he says, from a sidle. No, 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 no. You're, you're embellishing him right now. <laughs> no, yeah. No. He says, from a kidal. From a kidal. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, he says, from a kidal. And he means homicidal, but he says it twice. Mm-hmm. And he's so cute. Because Jody actually clarifies. He's like, well, nobody, uh, what'd you call him? Right. <laughs> from a kidal maniac. He's like, well, nobody wants a from a kidal maniac in their town. <laughs> Does not correct him or anything. No. Just like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. old dude. Yeah, because I wrote that down. Nobody nobody needs a pharmacidal maniac running around. Yep. Stamps. Stamps. <laughs> I felt like an idiot with this scene because I had no idea what the – I was like, I spent four and a half minutes of my free time trying to Google that fucking word thinking he was actually saying something that wasn't homicidal. <laughs> I was pissed about this shit. Like I finally got something it's like something that was like some some close enough I guess to where it was like hey look MSC3K MSC3K right title fuck <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah so he oh like, my god so, so then he gets back in the car yeah he, and he tells him about this barn murder and yeah, yeah he, so he, he pulls up to this dirt road well, well I'll he, tell you why because he, he got lunch. As he as his car was getting filled up, so he had needed a spot to pull over and eat lunch. I'll tell you why he turns, because the music told him to. Okay, you guys, the music was its own character. It was. It and, really was. And this is it, the, my husband was watching the, just the beginning of this with mm-hmm. me, and he said, "Adina, the, is the music your hobo in a bar?" <laughs> Which is kind of genius. Yeah, it is because. This music, and at mm-hmm. first it pissed me off, and then I just sort of leaned into it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. the music is going to tell us what's going to happen. The, mu- the music, it gives away the story, yeah. Yeah, the music tells us when mm-hmm. we should be scared, mm-hmm. and when something is not okay. Mm-hmm. So, that he, uh, my husband is a genius, so it is, the music is not my hobo in a barn, because somebody comes up that is my hobo in a barn, but the music, you guys, is, in a, is worth it. No, really. it really is. The music is worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as its own character. Points to John. <laughs> so he he parks at this uh, at this pond, and then we enter. Oh, <laughs> oh. That, that comes at the end of the movie. Enter mm. uh, mm. Melissa. Oh. Mm. she's so terrible. That's a whole range of <laughs> oh noises you just she's made. So <laughs> terrible. She's so terrible. Yeah. I, oh my god. I uh, she even. was completely lacking like any kind of charisma whatsoever from this entire there, movie. There was nothing from her. Yeah, but she's our other main character, and, um, and apparently it's it's her family's pond. And like, so they don't even address the fact that he's trespassing. Right. He's just like, hey, I just feel like parking on your grass and like just eating by your lake. No big. Yeah. Yep. And she just the the way she introduces her, her herself to him, she just kind of just stands in front of him and giggles and just shows her ass. Like, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She just stands there. Doesn't say anything. Yeah. You know, it's kind of creepy. 
so they they talk for a little bit, get to know each other. She introduces like her first and last name. It's like you know Melissa Strickland. 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 That's it. That's yep. it. And she like has like a walnut farm that she yep. works on, correct? Which is yep. weird sounding when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and she invites him. Uh, she invites him back to her home and promises to give him two of her nuts in exchange for <laughs> staying with her. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then we meet the father. Luther. Yeah. Um, Luther. Yeah, Luther. Yeah, it's his name, Luther. So the father's name is Luther, and he uh, asks if Melissa, in private, called Jody, quote unquote. And they say, you know what? We should probably hide Lucinda since we have a guest. The father, Luther, is getting to know Jody a little bit. He's pretty much getting pretty uh, cozy with the guy because he offers him like a nice jar of warm piss that he put peanuts cider. in or something like that. Homemade cider. Hey, it looked like a failed drug test. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and they prepped it. <laughs> what cider looks like. You do notice that, though, throughout this movie that Luther is the only one who wants to drink this. Because he offers it to several people, and everyone's like, no, no, nah, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> but Jody drinks it. He does drink it. Jody uh, yeah, it. not by choice. <laughs> uh, so they prep dinner. So then Melissa invites him to stay the night, and that night they go for a walk. And this is, again, this is just terrible as far as the lighting goes in this movie, because this is awful. clearly throughout this movie uh, night for so day. It's so dark. What? It's, it's night for day. That's why yeah, it's, right. it's, yes. it's, they overlaid it so much, and it just looks like dog shit. And, and suddenly they're holding hands. Yeah. They were holding hands before he went and met the parent. Because when he, when she, right. yeah, when, when she invited him up to the farm yes. and said uh, that right. she would even give him two of the nuts. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't pass up that deal. And so they start heading back towards the farm, and that's holding, when they start holding right. hands. You're absolutely right. But they yeah. also kiss. They kiss at this point, I think. I mean, I can't tell. It's too dark to tell right, any fucking knows? in this movie. Yeah, they did. And and then Melissa asks him to stay for a few more days. Like, really? Jeez. Like, they, like just mm-hmm. calm down. Um, so we cut back to Jody's room, and he's getting ready. Like, he's getting ready for bed. And, like, like this, what I thought was a genuinely creepy moment where Lucinda enters for the first time. It's most, yeah. It's because of the music. Yeah, because yeah, creepy. because you don't hear the door open, you no. don't hear her sneak up behind. It just, she's bam, there. she's there. Some of those like this like big like wrinkly brown lady behind. Like, brown mm-hmm. isn't like she's burned, right? Right. Correct. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should say that. Yeah, she's yes. all wrinkly and she looks old and she does look discolored. She's brown. Yeah, she's brown. Yeah. <laughs> she tells him to go away. It's and then disappears just as right. quickly as yeah. she appeared yeah. behind him. And once again, you don't hear her walk away. You don't hear the no. door open or close or anything. Nothing. She just go away. And then she's gone. And Melissa finds out about it and reprimands her for a little bit. And then we get the scene where Lucinda just kind of like walks over to the mirror by her bed and then just turns herself young and then back into an old lady again for no reason whatsoever. Or Well, that was a, it was confusing because... Was she seeing herself as she used to be, or yes. did she actually turn? Like, that was a confusing thing to me. Well, no, because in the foreground, her actually looking into the mirror, the mirror's reflection is the only thing that changed. Right. right. Her hair is still the same. Right. That's how yeah. you know she did not change. And yeah. the only okay. reason they so, do yeah. this. So it was like a memory. Yes, okay. she was okay. seeing herself okay. as she was. And, yeah. and, the, and the only reason they had this whole sequence in here was just because they wanted to kind of give further establishment to a flashback that comes towards the end of the movie. But mm-hmm. it wasn't right. needed. No. 
They didn't need it. No, the, no it was it completely unnecessary. And, and during this, during that scene when um, Melissa is reprimanding her, we find out that she's her sister. Good night, yeah, my sister. Yeah, because when he go, he goes after Lucinda appears in his room and then disappears. He goes across the hall and knocks on Melissa's door and and tells her what happened. It's like this: is there somebody else in this house that you didn't tell me about? Right. And she's like, "Oh, that's just my great grandmother." Uh, she's just confused and she doesn't like strangers, so don't worry about it. And so then later she goes to Lucinda and tells her, "Hey, you know if this you guy's going to be, be here. Nice to you. Yeah, yep, that's yeah. What she leave does. leave him alone and everything will be okay. My sister. Yep. And okay. that's when you find out. Like, oh, that. ah. So then when she goes and looks at herself in the mirror, we see her at that she is actually the younger sister. Okay, yeah. that makes more yes. sense now. Yeah. Cool. Well. uh Okay, cool. Well, the next day they go to the store. Uh, while meanwhile, a cop pulls into the farm to. Well, and I'm sorry. Let me just say that her parents. Yes. And I'm air quoting Luther yes. and Molly keep questioning her, Melissa, about keeping him there. Him, like, yeah. it is clear that they don't think it's a good idea. Exactly. That something bad is going to happen. So. And she's like, dude, I got it handled. Yeah, Melissa's clearly in charge. So, yeah, so yes, Melissa's absolutely. like, I got this. Leave me alone. It's going to be fine. Okay, so the movie is building us up to think that something terrible is going to happen to Jody and something is horrible with Melissa. So I just want that to be established when right. now we're at the now we're at the store. Yeah. yeah. So, so they go to the store the next day, and meanwhile, a cop pulls into the farm to, to investigate this missing person. But while we're at the store... Uh, Everyone's gi- giving her, you know, everyone's casting yeah, the shade stink at her. Eye. They're giving her the stink eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, Jody questions it. She's like, it's because they all think I'm a witch. And and he thinks she's joking. And yes. he's like, well, I mean, if they think I'm a witch, I guess I'm a witch. That's yeah. just how she kind of, she's just really nonchalant about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These townspeople are terrible actors, guys. The, most people in this movie are. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, like, these no. these were just regular people, yeah. just yeah. actual <laughs> random townspeople yeah, who were just... like, "Hey, you want to be in the movie? Okay, yeah, they, they what do I got to do? Just stand there and stare at her? Okay, yeah, like, and that's all they <laughs> that's did. All they stare do. at her. Eh, that's matter. all they do. Yeah, they weren't directed. There's no way. There's no, no way in hell no. these guys were directed. So it's from here where Melissa says to Jody. She asks him if he would like to see where she does her witchcraft. Now, gentlemen out there, if a woman ever asks you if you would like to see where she does her witchcraft, run. No, no. Don't walk. Run. To see it? Because that's what I would do. I would run to see where she does her witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) So... While they're in this like shack or wherever where she apparently does her witchcraft, which includes but isn't limited to calling up the sun, chasing away the rain. So meanwhile, we have our sheriff who's pulled in. Or not the he's sheriff. He's the deputy. He's the deputy, yeah. So the deputy's oh. pulled in and he's doing some investigating of this missing person. Oh my god, you guys, this guy. I love him so much. His in this show, he in this movie he's deputy John Mason. And he he does that typical like the toothpick, but this time it's mm-hmm. a match. He's got a match, and he's like he's totally friendly with Luther. And he's like, "Look, we're still trying to figure out this this barn, this farmer mur- murder, and everything." Hey, do you mind if I if I just check out your property? You mind if I just look around? Luther's like, "Totes fine, it's totes cool," and he he is just so natural. Mm-hmm. 
and beautiful. Like this guy, and there were some good performances. Like I really liked the dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really good. liked the he dad. Jody didn't bother me at all because I thought there was this guile. He had he was guileless. This mm-hmm. I, I really thought his performance was great. But Deputy John, um, he was beautiful. He was so natural, so committed. Uh, he was connecting with Luther, and he had one of the <laughs> this. Now he had one of the best lines. I thought, you know, because mm-hmm. Luther asked him, "So, have you guys found anything?" He's like. Haven't found anything yet. Not even a suspicious-looking cow chip. So he's a total, you know, not not yeah, he's not a so. He is, you know, he's like a, the local yokel, but he's he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. and I totally buy him as so as the deputy. So he's my with his sunglasses. Apart. He he kind to me he kind of looked like Sam Neill. Did a you get a, a kind yeah, of vibe? Absolutely. Yeah, because that's all I could think of with like him in Jurassic Park right, with right, the right. sunglasses and the hat. Yes, that's what it reminded yes. me of. So, and I think that's part of the reason why I liked him so much. Yeah. But he's my hobo in a barn. Well, bad news for him because oh, Lucinda shows up and kills his ass in front of everybody. Kills him I was dead. So sad about it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He died badly. It's like one of those, like, one of those like, little hay hook things they have. Yes. Yeah, because we saw because uh, earlier in the day we saw Luther using it to actually pick up bales of hay and yes. stack them. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so he he gets killed bad. And really unfortunately, bad. Jody is witness to it, so they lock him up in a barn so they can figure out what the fuck to do with him. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Way to plan this out, guys. Right after the deputy is killed, we get this really long, pointless, circling oh, shot. It is not oh pointless. <laughs> State your case. This movie, I feel, I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. I really like this movie. And I do not understand why it is on this list at all. Because I think for its time... Now, yes, it has many shortcomings. But I think for what they were trying to do, it is very inventive and slightly ahead of its time. This slow thing that you're talking about, to me, was not pointless. Because they were just trying to take some sort of artistic license with her... It's like she has, is finally starting to to get this guy on her side, and she's trying to be truthful and honest with him, of uh, Jody. And this horrible murder happens right in front of him. And it's like, I finally had a leg up. I thought I was going to be able to, you know, this is the thing I needed to finally be able to set myself free. We don't know from what yet. Right. But this was all going according to plan, and now everything's gone to shit. And so she has to sit down and try to formulate a plan. And while she's doing that, all of this is very introspective for her. We have the camera slowly doing a 360 all the way around her while all chaos is breaking loose in the background. Luther is running to the car trying to pick up the the body of the deputy and throw him in the back seat, yelling for his wife. She comes running out of the house. Finally. Finally. But we had to wait for the camera to get in position so we could actually see her come out. And I, I agree with you, Zip. Like because yeah. I was with this movie, uh, yeah, quite a ways. Yeah. Like I was enjoying it, I would bought it, but I thought this scene in particular went on mm-hmm. too long. It Agreed. did. It it it, it it probably did go on a bit too long. Yeah, but, but I did get it. This yes. is the first. Uh, 
example I can think of this kind of shot, which I have seen in subsequent films. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I can't think of another one where I saw it before this. And so being a pioneer in that regard, yes. they didn't know exactly how long it should have taken. They were experimenting. Fair. Right. But again, Fair. And I agree with both of you on this one. Like, I mm -hmm. didn't mind this movie so much, but this shot almost timed out at three minutes of basically silence circling around her. Yeah, it was, so it was hard. And that's where I would have cut sooner. And Luther kept saying, Molly... Molly, mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, and I, in my, I'm yelling at my screen. Molly, get the fuck out of here! Somebody right. just died. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. So for me, like, I totally got that Melissa was devastated. I mean, you couldn't tell it really from the actor, but right. I, I got it, yes. Um, but seriously, it needed to be at least a minute less in time. I think it, it would have done exactly what it needed to do. We could have gotten the chaos. They could have sped it back up mm -hmm. towards the end. Well, right? and I think, and the thing is, is that it's not necessarily that they went into slow motion either. Right, right. exactly. It just the right. pan itself was, it was slow. Yes, yeah. because even once you do finally see her run out of the house and all of that stuff, it appears to be basically at actual yes, speed. It is. And, but I think, you know, right. It just, it, the, the pan, it's uh, the circle around itself. Yes. And that may have been just, they were going slower than they needed to because of whatever track they were using yes. to actually move the camera around or yeah. whatever. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. But it just went on way too long. So she approaches Jody in the barn when she gets him alone and she asks him to stay one more night. He's like, I'm going to escape. He's like, no, just stay one more night, please. And he's like, and looks he said, like I don't, I don't have, have a choice. choice. Yeah. Because he's, he's handcuffed. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and apparently she's like, you know, I can talk to Luther and Molly and make them understand. Which, you know, so far as she's demonstrated, she could. All right. Meanwhile, they destroy the deputy's car, which, one, yay, explosion, but two, it's still going to leave behind a lot of wreckage, so it doesn't right. really solve the problem. Yeah, th this was the really the one big head-scratcher that I was like, what? Like, Why did they think this was going to work? Because he pushes the car off of the side of a cliff. Unfortunately, it's not a very steep cliff. And the pyrotechnics that they use to make the car explode go off halfway down the cliff it starts exploding before it's even hit ground right. so i was like oh that's just poorly yeah. done which you know not knowing me like not to say they shouldn't have used an explosion but mm -hmm. you know it would have made more sense to put it in the pond yeah. it would have made a whole lot more sense to right. roll it in the pond yeah yeah, yeah. it would add more context because i mean they, they treat that area with a lot of importance and reverence exactly. in this movie so we have an awkward silent dinner followed by jody just storming off to his own room and meanwhile, Melissa picks up a blanket or something. What was this thing that she picks out of that box? And it's the dress the that she was wearing in the flashback. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. That makes sense. So, yeah, she starts casting a spell because we kept, we had the flashback soon after, but mm -hmm. she starts, like, chanting oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. She. I think she's showing him a memory. She's showing yeah, him. Yeah, because she's sharing it yeah. with him. So okay. she's like okay. she's psychically, psychically linking to him yes. so he can see the memory. And see, we have a flashback, which I actually like this flashback scene a lot. I really liked it too. But mm -hmm. I she think it would have seen it. Would've been, yeah, it would have been so much stronger if we had just left out a lot of information before. Like if we did not establish that they were sisters, if we did not establish that, you know, 
she's a witch or you know directly infer that she's a witch as much as they do right but in the scene let's go ahead and set this up so it's what eight late 1800s maybe yeah same yeah. farmhouse it's a preacher his wife's there i think and they have two daughters it's well i don't know that dad. he's i don't know that the the dad is actually a preacher he's just, he's reading, just reading from biblical, the bible okay. yeah biblical verses yeah because so, they know that there's something about the daughters yeah right so it's it's their dad and mom yeah. and lucinda and melissa in their house late 1800s and um, the, they did a good job time period-wise. Apparently, I think, I guess Lucinda was apparently the one who's considered to be the witch. Yes. The yeah, team. everybody thinks that she's the actual witch. Yes. Because the townspeople then show up at their, literally at their front door. With and, pitchforks and, mm-hmm. and yeah, torches. Exactly. And they demand that she be put to the stake, burned. Yes. You know, they, they take her, and they're all singing. Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. I was say Kumbaya, but yeah. Amazing Grace, amazing which was referenced Grace. earlier. Did you right. catch yes. that? Which you yep. were talking about yep. with the, the music. music. The first time they enter the cabin where she does her witchcraft, they play amazing the Grace. music playing is a, it's a creepy version of Amazing Grace. Yeah. And I noticed that. I'm like, wait, why are they playing Amazing Grace right now? That is Amazing Grace. And during this scene, it all made sense. And I'm yes. like, that's clever. I yeah. like that. Yep. What they were doing with the music was really clever throughout this movie. Yep. Full circle. Yep. yep. There you go. And so they're burning Lucinda. Like, she's actually burning. Yeah. And it's during this moment that somehow Melissa escapes some kind of demonic intervention, we can only assume, because they just let her go. And she walks to the front, and in her head, she hears her own voice say to her, right. you know, submit to me. Adina, you do not look too pleased. Yeah, look, uh, you know, because she says earlier to Jody that... I'm possessed by the devil. I heard his voice. Yes. Okay. So. But and I and I understand that because at first I was like she's used the word his, his to describe Satan many many times, and then during this flashback, it's it's her, her own, own voice, voice that she's hearing. But there have been many times referenced before of people who heard. Satan speaking to them, but they heard it through their own voice. That's a documented thing. Right, and I think that's that, what they were going right, for. Right, understood. But that, to me, for somebody who doesn't know that and didn't... I know, right? but then it happens again at the end. Right. And I think that sort of makes up for it. Just I, me it personally. I, I just kind of chalked it up to being like she recognized her own voice, so she knew that she couldn't necessarily identify him based on that. Alone. Right. It, it confused me. Because no, I, I, I agree. I think it's confusing without any sort of explanation. Right. And so all of a sudden her hand is up. Well, she, he's asked her. He says, yeah. you know, do then you want to save hand her? Up, yeah. yeah. Then would you accept me? And she's like, yes, I'll accept you if you can save her. And he says, so, you know, put, put your hand up. Put your hand up in the and air. put the flame out. Yep. And so she puts the flame out on her sister and everybody sees it. Yep. Everybody sees it. And, and so... Then they get banished. Well, she, well, she turns all. around and, and curses them. Well, right. Yes. Which, was she that curs- ever referenced up until now? Like, has there been like any point where they're like, hey, we just can't grow f- stuff around these farms anymore except for the walnut place? No, I don't. Th- uh, no, they never said there's anything no. that, that wrong with the town as in uh-uh. regards to that. No. Yeah, which I mean, that would have been a good setup for that, I think. I don't, I don't, it it kind of seemed a little bit out of left field, but, you know, hey, maybe devil powers only extend so far as saving one life at a time. So then Jody awakens at the end of this mm-hmm. and then confronts Melissa about it. 
And then she talks about Gorgo and Marmo. And I am she- a friend and companion of the night. I am Gorgo and Mormo of the Thousand-Faced Moon. I ask that you know me when I return. I will return. Mm-hmm. And she pleads with him to believe that the devil is real. Correct. That's what he's been kind of adamant about throughout this movie, that he doesn't believe in the devil, he doesn't believe in witchcraft, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And apparently the way that he can quote-unquote save her is to believe in the devil. And my biggest grievance of the movie is that they never really expand upon that. That's fair. Because the way that she's quote-unquote saved, which we'll get to, leaves me with more questions than answers. Yeah. So it's it's in this scene, too, where she says... I love you. And this somehow pisses off Lucinda, who's across the yeah. farm. Right. She goes into, like, a flying rage and, like, you know, hits Luther and Molly with a chair. And then she breaks out to go, assumedly, attack Jody. Right. There's never any explanation why Lucinda goes bonkers at this moment. There's no explanation. But what I, and like I said, this is me just pulling my own inferences out of my ass, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but... Melissa is the only thing Lucinda has left in the entire world, and now this guy's going to take her from him. That, true, and that's that's what I thought too. That's, but in the moment, yeah, in the in the moment, because he wants to take her away, right? But in the moment, she's not there. She's not in the room. So the fact that Lucinda, she's not in the room, no. But you, once again, it's that this whole if she shiny. if she can link to Jody. By willing it, then these two already have a connection. Well, and that that was something that was never established. No, it was never established, no. But yes, I got you. And And the other thing that was never established is why Lucinda got old. We can infer it. Mm -hmm. We understand, I think, at the end why Lucinda never got old and Melissa did. Because at the end, it shows us why. Okay, because Lucinda's 127 years old. They both are. They both are, They're they're 127 years old. So um, that that was another thing that I was like, well, why? So it wasn't until the very end that we sort of got the reason why Lucinda didn't age. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then then she kills her sister. Well, yeah, she shows up and and, and Melissa's like, run, Jody. Very nonchalant. Mm -hmm. And then she burns her ass. Yeah. She calls her a witch, too. There was no... There was no remorse. There was no... She just went... She went balls out and killed her sister. I, I kind of chalked this up to it being basically her choosing her way out, quote-unquote, over her sister. Sure. But the nonchalantness of being like, run, Jody, you know, get out of here. That's where yeah. I was like... And, mm. and they never established why Lucinda was killing people and why they were covering for her. Yeah. I mean, I can... Because she's her sister, their family. I got it. Right. But... They never establish why Lucinda was killing people. Except that she has these momentary fits of rages and just goes off and kills people. I don't know. Make someone spontaneously combust. He still doesn't believe her and then plans to leave. So he splits. I mean, Luther gives him a nice send-off. He's like, you know, pleasure meeting you. I hope you do well out there. And, you know, uh, he takes off. And then he pulls his car over. I guess he changes his mind and returns to the pond. Where Melissa is just waiting for him there. Creepy music. Good music here. I wrote that down. Mm -hmm. And he tells Melissa by the pond that he loves her and that he will believe in her stupid nonsense in order to save her. (laughs) And then they fuck. Yep. He fucks a 128-year-old woman. instantly naked. Instantly. Yeah. And going to town. Yep. And we get a boob shot. Oh, yeah, boobies. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and this They're somehow nice. breaks the curse? Yeah. Yes. So she's the way to save her from the devil's power is to give her a nice hot dicking. Yes. That's what the movie says. I, it, well, I don't think it's necessarily dicking. Is <laughs> that fi- someone finally loves her for who, for who she, she is, is. Yeah. with his penis? Yes. <laughs> no, he says it before they do it. Yeah, but you know, he does confess his love before what happens, they start well, boning. That was a that was a pretty that, that was a very patient sex scene then because it was as soon as they finish, literally and figuratively, he yes, uh, she starts aging rapidly. Yeah, right. Which. I mean, for one, a horror movie, if you're going to do the, the whole love is the solution thing, that would have been a creepy. If she had started turning while they while were doing, they were doing it? it, yes. Yeah. But, which, no. which would make But I don't think they, they, they only had the ability to do, like, the face and hand. They didn't have right. the ability to do the full body makeup. But that's makeup. why the inference is, well, they had to hit make love right. for the curse to go away. Uh, so that's why uh, she... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, but that's what they thought when the the devils, you know, the, the when that that bond with the devil was broken, she thought then she would just become normal again right. and everything would be fine. Right, Which but that was his case. final trick. Yes, yeah, the greatest Suddenly, trick like, the devil ever pulled. Yes. Uh, Suddenly, yeah, he, he starts <laughs> noticing like her face getting like more wrinkly. Is that yeah? Starts, the curse is broken. She starts offering him like worthers from her purse, and she yeah. starts like sending him like she's, checks for ten dollars. She starts aging rapidly really to old. how old she's supposed to be. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well, shit, I got to save her before she dies, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it. Because if she's 128, but her sister lived 112, he raises his hand and says, save her. I accept you. And he hears the voice of devil of the devil in his, his own, own voice. voice. Yeah. And then she's made young again. Mm-hmm. And how, how, but here's the thing. How did he know that that's what he would have to do? Because he saw it in the flashback. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. That's why she shared the flashback with him, and she and he saw how she did it in the flashback, so that's how he decided to do it. Okay. Because in that moment, after the devil had released her, it started talking to him. And so he knew, yeah, I'm going to have to raise my hand and do all this stuff and pledge my allegiance. And that's how it works. All right. that. that makes sense. Fine. But that's how the movie ends. Like they're basically like realize that they're still within the devil's grip, but they're together. So yay and the end. It just ends. Yes. Yeah. As all seventies horror movies do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for the movie. So we'll take a quick break and then come back with some trivia. Okay, we're back. So did you two dig up anything on this movie whatsoever? I, I did. The guy who played Jody was a medic and a fire safety officer on a bunch of films. And he was also in Sunset Boulevard in a, in a production with some pretty famous people. A movie, Sunset Boulevard, or the, the, the musical? Show, the musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. The show, yeah. The guy in the flashback, Mr. Keitel... Um, who's the leader of all the Pitchfork people, mm-hmm. Robert Easton. Look him up. This guy is still working. He's done a shit ton of stuff. And you'd recognize him if you saw him. And my hobo in a barn, Deputy John, uh, Lou Horn, has done a shit ton of stuff too. And then the um, uh, there were two other things I found. The devil speech, the Gorgo Mormon thing, is from an H.P. Lovecraft short story. 
called The Horror at Red Hook. And then Joe uh, Belasco, um, the makeup artist on, thi- on this, is a serious-ass makeup artist. Like, he's the bomb. Was this his first project? I think it may have been. If it's not his first, it was one of his first. But he, I mean, he is the shit. This job was done by one of them fromachidal maniacs. Moving along to best line, worst line. My best line, just because it was just kind of out of nowhere and it made me laugh, was when they're leaving the store and he just runs back in, Jody, and says, Zap! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just to spook them out. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a great moment. Because they all look at him like, what the fuck? It was like, the only, like, moment, like one of the only moments. And then Melissa gets had. pissed at him for doing it, too. And I thought it was a brilliant move. I was like, shut yeah. up, Melissa. He did a great thing. And shut then up, right, Melissa. It was funny. It was funny. And yeah. then right after that, one of the ladies in the shop goes, young whippersnappers. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Mine is the best line, worst line. Well, wait, wait. That's why she got upset about it because she's an old lady too. Melissa. <laughs> no, my best line is also my worst line. Be- well, my best line was the whole pharmacidal maniac thing. Yes, okay. but there is <laughs> there is a moment when they're at the pond um, after they've gone for the walk after their dinner. Mm-hmm. She looks at the pond and oh, goes. Yep. <laughs> this is the, is this your best line or worst line? It's both. Both. Because this it's is just my so, worst line. I know so exactly terrible. what you're going to say. This is where the fish lives. Yeah. So it's right after the kiss. Out of nowhere. It's right after the kiss, and she runs away from him, and goes and stands at the edge of the pond, and when he walks over. He's like, what the fuck? And she's like, this is where the fish lives. And, uh, yeah, it's my worst line because, first of all, let's check our subject-verb agreement. Because, according to this, there is one fish that lives in this pond. The fish lives in this pond. Now, this is where the fish lives live there are many fishes in the <laughs> pond or this is where the fishes live I, you know, I even many this, fish, this is where fish in live. the pond but no this is where the fish lives as a way of trying to distract him from the conversation he's about to have yeah this is where the yeah she's like this is where the fish lives I'm like, the fish? Oh, my God. It's the fish we've been looking for our entire lives. She found the fish in the pond. Um, But, yeah, because he's immediately like, why the hell did you just run away from me? And she follows it up with his life. And this was where, because of the, the cut of the movie that we watched, the film got really grainy and there's a jump mm, in the, yes. the sound and the, the, it sort of jumps a few frames. But I believe what she was going to say was, well, I, because I wanted to fly away and I couldn't, so I ran. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my runner-up. Oh my I was like, uh, well, you're a witch. If you yeah. want to fly away, grab you, a broom. Yeah, just, Those are the rules. That was my worst Hold on. My, my best line uh, is towards the, when he finally turns around at the end and comes back and before they go to, uh, to Bone Town. 
um, <laughs> is he walks up to her and, you know, she's all like, oh, why are you back? And he says, I love you, Melissa. I don't care if you have the devil in your soul. And I'm like, that is the best line. Because if that's not true love, I don't know what is. <laughs> Amen. Hmm. A fucking men. There you go. All right, drinking game. Hmm. How are we getting sloshed to this one? It's a short movie. It's like an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's not terribly it, long. No. Um, you'd get a good run for your money uh, every time you hear Witch. Yeah. Or Lucinda. Yeah. Or Lucinda. Or Lucinda, yeah. Every time yeah. you see Lucinda. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, those a nice, work. A nice buzz movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. work. Because as we said, like this movie isn't nearly as bad as... No. 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 Not at all. Yeah, this movie shouldn't be as high on the list as it is. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, we've given them some praise. Like, So, like, what would you say would be, like, one good example of what they did right in this one? Well, I think some of the performances are quite yes, lovely. some of the performances are. I mean, Jody is is lovely, Deputy John, Luther. Molly's not terrible. She's got – Molly had a bit of a creepiness to her that I wish she there had yeah. been – I wish that had been more um, – explored more because I feel like there was an insidiousness to Molly. It was the giant forehead. <laughs> so terrible. But I mean, there were there was some really strong acting. Let me say there were no people of color in this movie. There I mean, there were some grounded, really lovely performances. I think the music. Mm-hmm. There was a jump scare the music did that scared me yeah. when when she uh, she I think she picked up her, the dress when she picked up the dress from the chest I was yeah. it scared me. Um, some of the costuming was good. It, it, some her, Melissa's costumes were horrific. They were terrible. Um, uh, yeah, I was not was happy so, with Melissa's costuming at all. Was, it, it was so nineteen seventy one. It was just Jesus. not good. Yeah. And, um, but there was, I, I mean. There were some good things. Like seriously, I yeah. I did not hate and the, this movie. And the the flashback, yeah, the, the, the entire flashback. Even even to me, of uh, Melissa in that scene actually was good. I I did like what she did. She in did. That scene. Yes, that scene was great. I mean, technically, she wouldn't have seen the stuff that happened on the porch with her father. She wouldn't have seen that. So right. Um, but I, I was allowed. I, I let that go because that scene had all the tension you needed. Mm-hmm. It gave us all the plot points we needed, and it moved relatively well. And it, it looked like they really set Lucinda on fire. Yeah, it really yeah, did. Her they face did a good makeup job. and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so there was some really beautiful stuff happening in that flashback scene. All of that combined is is why I had to say like I don't understand why this movie is even on the list. And and I really think it just goes back to that whole thing of it was on MST3K exactly. Yeah. So therefore, but there are MST3K movies that are much and, worse than this that weren't. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, they've done movies that are way worse than this. Um, and and I can understand how you know. I, I mean, like I said, it definitely has shortcomings. It is not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but. 
I really think they were able to create this mood and this atmosphere, like you said. And that's what got me into it. I mean, maybe just because it's, it is the season, right. it's October, <laughs> yeah. it, we're getting close to <laughs> Halloween as we're talking about this now. Yes. And I'm just looking out for some good horror movies. And this one, it had enough intrigue, especially with the mom, because all like you were saying, with Molly, the, the, she, there's some takes where, the, you know, it's like, we have a visitor in the house. Why are you letting the strange boy into our house? Oh, hello, strange boy. Welcome to our family. And every now and then you just get this close-up of her face where she has this, like, strained look. Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? Right. And, and then, you know, when, when uh, or before that, when Lucinda breaks in through the door and they're like, oh, Lord, she got out again. Go, I'll take her to bed. And, and, and it's like, what is happening here? It's like all of these little things that keep happening that built up enough intrigue that I was like, oh, I got to know where this is going. Yeah. This is really, you know, I'm, I, I'm getting into this story. And I would have liked to have seen more with her, with uh, Molly and Luther. Like, do did they know that Lucinda was 127 years old? Do they know that she's a witch? Do we, we never get a conversation. Yeah, we, we know, we know that they know there's something, something. about them, whether yes. it's that they are actually witches or not, because the entire town seems to know. Right. So I have to think that they know She's a, or at least something. one of them is right. a witch. That something's going wrong. Right. That's why they let Melissa sort of take charge in the decisions, but are we and they don't really argue with her about it. Right. Are we to believe that they're somehow related to Lucinda? And I don't or, know if they're related. And that's the thing. Like, how are they the how children? Did, I would have liked to have seen that. Like, why are they? Why have they taken these two women in? Especially since Lucinda's killing a shit ton of people. Right. The, and so I don't, what is that relationship? Right. And I, I don't know that it's that they're actually related to them, but there is. There was one moment um, where, you know, she is like, no, he's going to stay here and that's how it's going to be. And they're like, right. okay, honey, whatever you want. Right. And she goes away and then they're still talking, Luther and Molly. Oh, and where I think it's where uh, she says, is like, do you really think this is a good idea? And he's like, well, honey, if she thinks he's the one, don't you think she deserves a chance? Right. And so that yeah. lets me, you know, that sort of let me think it was like, oh, well, it's I don't know that they're actually related, but these people understand the hardships that these girls have been through and decided to try to help them. Yes. And actually took them in when no one else would. So uh, but I, see, I was thinking like during the flashback, we would see. You know, like a shot of some kids or, or at least a couple who, like, had children whose names were, Molly you know, Luther. Molly and Luther and or something like that. that. Yeah. But we never got that. So we never really got the explanation of how they got together, how they got with these girls. Yeah. But it, I, I sort of get the impression that they know what's going on because they keep covering up the murders. Exactly. Yes. And they are trying to help these girls out. Well, that's been the case. Then let's go ahead and give this one a grade. On the flaming cinematic turd meter. Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, just for me personally, I was legit into it. I was digging it. I, I, I loved the vibe it was given off. I appreciated what, you know, like you said, the, the, the spinning camera thing. Yeah, it probably did go on for way too long, but I, I, I liked it. 
I was into it. Um, the music, I just loved everything they did with the music and how they kept bringing it around. And the music really did indicate where the story was going. And that was so, I, I really didn't have a whole lot of problems with this movie. So personally, for me, I'm giving it a one. Are you kidding so me? We have one of those. Yep. Ah. That does it for another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time, Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace. Beyond Thunderdome? Mm-hmm.